hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hampton with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Stephen Alexander, hello. Hello. <laughs> Are you terrified from the end of the last episode? I can't. I, what was that? That sucker, it, that thing attacking poor old Barbara. Oh. I mean, I mean I've, I've never been threatened with a sink plunger before, but I'm intrigued. I mean, okay, wait. Let, okay, we're being facetious. But in terms of like suspense, that is really great, isn't it? Like just having the arm coming at you. Yes. And is that yeah, really and done again in as like a cliffhanger? Um, a Dalek point of view. That I the the second best Dalek point of view I think is Remembrance Part One, oh. where he's looking at the Doctor going up the stairs. Um, Are you sure about uh, that? I think the second best is in this story where the Dalek's going. There's a lot of good ones in this story. Because and the, he, he's on drugs, isn't he? It's, it's basically an anti-drugs <laughs> message. Everyone's on drugs in this story, certainly oh. by the end of episode two. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I am like riveted to get into episode two and find out what's going on. However, that is very remiss of me in part one to not ask you to tell everybody what your Twitter handle is so they can find you online. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Steve Alexander. Oh no, don't ask me that, I can't remember. <laughs> it's, no, isn't it? Hang on, it's Steve Alexander Toys, isn't it? One of them is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang, on, hang on, hang on. I can, I can okay. do this, I can do this. Give me Come a on. second. Um, I, was just, I was just looking at your page earlier, so I should know this. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so I've got two. I've got Steve Alexander UK, S T E A L E X A N D E R U K. And I have got another one, which is my toy photography account. Oh, yes. And if you're very lucky, I'll be able to find out what it's called. Um, you did my one of my favourite things ever recently. I've just loved uh -huh. the picture now. You did Daleks versus Mechanoids. Oh, yes. There's more of that to come. Oh, it's, it's all there. quite old. It's all been up on Instagram. So my, my toy photography account is Steve Alexander T O one. So it's S-T-E-A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R-T-O-1. There we go. But, okay, I said this last time. Go and check out this guy's Insta account. It's freaking phenomenal. Fabulous photos. I've got a question for you, though. Have you ever, because I can't see anything, have you ever thought to do, like, a, a story in pictures? Um, I, I have done... No, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, because of the way Instagram works, they it's better if you do something slightly different every day um, to oh, bolster okay. up the algorithms. I could do a story, but I find it more fun to do something Shake different every up. time. And can I, okay, here's a question. This is becoming an interview now about your Instagram account. What's the, what's your favorite image, your favorite picture that you've actually created? Um, I'll tell you that later in the run. My once I've worked God. Out oh, okay. <laughs> Can I say, I think, I think, um, in terms of like, uh, aesthetics and atmosphere, I think your recreation of the Christopher Eccleston, um, advert 
where he's going down the tunnel is extraordinary. And you're making off uh, the, the, the lengths that you went to. It is, it is both madness and brilliant. Yes, I, I'm still I'm still pissed off that I didn't actually do any puddles in the corridor because I could have done some puddles. You know? Oh well, <laughs> don't point out the, the now, you're, you're one of those people, aren't you? Very self-deprecating, yeah. pointing out the flaws in your own work. No, but it was I was so they're all my babies, my photos, uh, and I'm, I, I was I was particularly damn pleased with those ones. Oh, and sometimes I put them up and I think this is damn good, this is damn good, and it it, it doesn't. You know, it only gets 130 likes as opposed to 700 likes. And I'm like, oh, no. But actually, that's just phenomenal anyway. So I, I, well, um, I'm going to say this. I do not think in any way that likes uh, give any indication of quality on Instagram. Trust me, I follow some accounts. Um, <laughs> but what, one thing we both like very much is the Daleks. And we're yes. five minutes in now, so we should skip into episode two. Let's go for it. Okay, go on. You count us in again. I enjoyed that Okay, last time. right. Uh, okay, so it's just going to be a straightforward countdown now. <laughs> uh, in rels. Five oh. rels, four rels, three rels, <laughs> two rels, one rel, zero. I've got a question. How long's a rel? Well, if Jodie Whittaker doesn't know, how... <laughs> Flip am I supposed to know? Exactly. No, you can swear, don't worry. We're going out with an explicit tag. Okay. <laughs> you you, you literally turned fucking to flip so expertly then, I've got to say. <laughs> turned on a dime. Um, um, can I yeah, the Daleks are coming. Can I point out that, that, that where that says Dr. Oho there at the beginning mm -hmm. of the title, because that's where I got my Doc Oho reviews uh, name from. Of course. Of course. I thought it sounded familiar. But where have I seen Doc Oho before? Yeah. That idiot written, online. Written by Terry Nation, but all the good stuff's by Raymond Cusick, whatever. And David Whittaker. And David Whittaker, yes, yes. Well, I think actually uh, Terry Nation's original drafts for this are probably quite close to the mark, and there's not actually that much editing. Um, Essentially, but a lot uh, of very, have input. Yeah, Verity Lambert says that David Whittaker just added a lot of character stuff. Like Terry Nation yeah. was really good at like nuts and bolts, the plotting. Um, the suspense stuff. Yes. And I think that's what you get with Terry Nation. That's why it's interesting to see how different production teams tackle his work because you get the bare bones of a script yeah. and it's up to the production team to actually make it into something. Well, and um, and it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you get to Pertwee's time and you can tell Terrence Dix's influence on stuff like Planet of the Daleks. You get yeah. to uh, Genesis of the Daleks, Robert Holmes, Destiny yeah. of the Daleks, Douglas Adams. You know. Oh yeah, and I'm pretty sure Robert Holmes wrote all of the bits you remember from Genesis. I'm pretty sure um, you're right. <laughs> but one thing about Genesis and Daleks is it doesn't quite tie into what we see here. No. Because um, they don't have neutron bombs as such. They don't, you know, the Thals and the Daleks are, are very portrayed very differently, or the Khalids rather. And I think that's... A, it, it's interesting the discontinuities between the two, which at the time no one would ever know because it's what 10, 15 years between them. Yeah, and and also in this, I think when they show the history of the the Thals, they're called Dals, mm. aren't they? And there's a picture of like a like a Roman legionnaire or something. It looks like, and that's <laughs> quite a long history. Quite not what we really see in Genesis of the Daleks, is it? But 
I, I can't let this machine get away without pointing out that it is impossible for a Dalek to read, operate, or even construct this machine. That, that, that is at. true. Although I take that over some of the Dalek technology we see in later years, like the <laughs> the, the weird like triangles that they push in de uh, Death of the Daleks and things like that. Yes, yes. I, I, the little radiation meat. Well, I mean, I suppose it's a, it's a nice thing for the audience, really. And it's only in this room. I, I think this room is like a museum room. Yeah. or uh, like an ancient, a history room for them um, with ancient machinery um, that's still registering the radiation that they've stumbled across. They're actually doing something visually extraordinary in this scene. They're lighting from below, and mm. that doesn't happen very often in 60s Doctor Who, but it's really atmospheric. No. Look at the shadows like up their faces. Yeah, because and... uh, all, all the lighting's normally 100% flat, so the, you get a clear picture um, on the small screen. But this, it looks on, yeah, in a modern sense, this looks fantastic, they doesn't it? They want this to be weird, um, weird and scary, don't they? They're trying to make yeah. this as weird as possible. And particularly with black and white, uh, lighting like that in black and white always looks great because you've got such beautiful, yeah. completely black areas and then sort of the silvery faces. Uh, well, out, sweaty faces in this room. Look, they've properly waxed some sweat on their faces there. I know, studio lights are just too hot this week. Oh, you old fool. Oh. Chesterton's losing his shit with the doctor. And I'm not surprised because he's getting them all killed from radiation poisoning. Although, ironically, they might have all died from radiation poisoning if they'd have left the planet because they wouldn't have had the anti-radiation oh, drugs. Oh, you're right. Man, someone should have said that. Someone <laughs> absolutely should have said that. Yeah, if we'd have gone... Well, I mean, there's a good chance there's anti-radiation drugs on the TARDIS somewhere, but yeah, even yeah. so. But they might not have realised until it was too late, because they didn't know, you know, Susan was supposed to check the controls, and a fucking hell, Susan. But think, Susan. think about uh, how the Doctor-Companion relationship changes later on. There's not this sort of tension. I think maybe with Stephen and the first Doctor, it happens a few times. But after that, it's pretty much yeah. the Doctor's in charge, the Companion runs around after <gasps> Who's are these guys? Well... The fuck? <laughs> that I mean, that image there, and I remember in the Target novel, that image is in the Target novel, isn't it? Of them, him holding Susan yeah. and the Daleks all around them. Oh, this must have burned itself into viewers' minds, and it's, it's the perfect image to have uh, sketched up for the Target novel, isn't it? Because this first sight of the Daleks, it must have... How, how can somebody from 2021 get in the mindset of seeing this for yeah. the first time of uh, uh, of what it must have been like in 1963 because we're so familiar with Daleks and this is their ah oh, I don't know I, I, I know what you're saying yeah it must have just like like when they went into the TARDIS in an, an unearthly child mm. it must have just been like it just <laughs> detonated their minds because there's just not anything like this on TV at the time no no and there's certainly as a design, the Daleks are arguably better than pretty much any other robot that's uh, been on television. Um, are you suggesting that the war machines were not as effective? Oh, what, the uh, the 407 attempts they had at doing something like the Daleks <laughs> after the Daleks? Or the quarks from the Dominators? <laughs> Can you, but but they, then... They could have been uh, like, you know, a lazy designer 
might have done said like right oh it's a robot how do we do robots right what we do is we get a guy and we give him a big square chest and we yeah. put rubber tubing on his legs and arms and we stick a satellite dish on his head and we paint his eyes silver and that's a robot but instead it's, it's just it's like um it's like something gliding isn't it well, that uh, it, on its own is really unearthly, but also yeah. as well, like the twitching sticks. Watch their, watch their, um, their guns and their. They're just mm. always moving, so you're never ever under the impression that there isn't something inside that, like oh, yeah. excited or angry or. There are so many little elements that work together that make the Daleks what they are, and you know I've heard, I, I you know I've heard sort of various different commentaries on this, like the fact that they. They kind of have a face, but not really. They don't really have a human face no. as such because of the single eye and the metal grill. There's, there's no sort of real focus point. Um, the way they glide, of course, uh, uh, as you say, the, the, the sort of the twitching. Yeah. Um, but also the, as well, in this, they're characterised as well. Hmm. Do you remember that sequence? And I'm preempting a little bit. That sequence where they're hiding in the shadows and the fowls are coming in and they're being like mm. really sneaky. Like later on, the Daleks were just kind of robots at times, weren't they? You know, they went around and said exterminate. Whereas here, yeah. I feel like they are sinister and they're kind of characters. This is, yeah, this, uh, this is why I think, I don't think the Daleks are ever better than in this story, really, because they become an invading force. Uh, you know, and particularly the more powerful they become, the less interesting they are. Yeah. Um, so when they, you know, when, when they turn up in stories like even the Stolen Earth or later on in um, Asylum of the Daleks, they're really, in themselves, they're quite boring yeah, because yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. there to, it's basically to like be a problem. The trappings and the ambition of the story that's interesting there, isn't it? It's yeah. when they subvert the Daleks, that's when it's interesting. So like in Power yeah. of the Daleks where they're helpless and they've got to pretend yes. to be good. Or yeah, in... when they've got a reason to be uh, sneaky and evil. Yeah. And in this one, they've got no more reason than, than any other because they're, they're pathetic. They're trapped in their city. They can't get out. Um, you know, they're not super intelligent. They, they, they've got a gun, but it's not, you know, they're, they're not automatically going to kill everyone in their path. Um, yes. So have you spotted the difference between the Daleks here and the toy Dalek that you have? Yes, it's the grills. It's yes. this bit. It's the middle bit. Yes, the uh, uh, space uh, radiation collecting slats. God damn it. Um, I thought I had one of the originals. Now I'm going to have to go <laughs> and buy another one, one of those BMM sets. BMM, BNM sets. That's hard to say. BNMs. <laughs> BNMs together. Um, um, but... Oh my god, they're a little massive as well. Sorry, I'm 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 in awe of um I wanted to talk about the um the iris eye that they use in this oh, yeah. as well. Like there are lots of ways that they suggest that these are more than just robots. Yes. The... Yeah, even before you, you see the creature inside, um Yeah, the iris eye is such a brilliant effect as well. Uh, and that's what I was reading about today in one of my uh, oh. little bits of research. Do that you... they found they found the part in an old camera, just the, the iris section, an old uh, TV camera, and they're able to put it in like a tin dog can or something and get it to operate in the eye stalk. But when you see it on the screen, it looks incredible. And I, because you can't see the lines of the iris 
contracting. Yeah. It just looks like the circle's getting larger and smaller. Um, I think it, it, it's a su such a superb effect. There's, there's a scene where it, the camera goes right in on it in a minute where they're plotting and the eye goes yeah. tiny and then massive. And it's like, I don't know, it's just so clever. I was I was annoyed with recent B&M toys with the, where they had some tiny eye Daleks because, oh like, I, I, like, I don't necessarily want to have my Daleks with a tiny eye all the time. Maybe I want to have them with a big eye. Give me a choice. Give me two <laughs> eye stalks to cut off. Now, look, no, I, I am not going to question your wisdom when it comes to Doctor Who toys, all right? Because I, I am in the darkness compared to you. Oh, I just like to mind. But um, I do, I do, I think these are probably the best designed Daleks as well. Like, I do love mm. the Rusty Davis ones, and I think that's a good redesign. Yeah. But I just, you know what? The, you know the saying, they knocks it out of the park. I don't think that's ever more accurate than here. Yeah, yeah. And and what what can you do to change it to improve it? Is is very little. I think the reason they put the slats on mm. was because they did the um, the metal strips. Um, uh, well, the strips around their waist out of metal. Um, and apparently, William Hartnell cut his hand quite badly on oh, one of the strips. Okay. Um, so they had to put like tape on it to kind of um, soften the edges. Um, and I think that's why they ended up with slats instead. Did you see the camera work there? The camera was really low. Now, how did they do that? Because they were massive, those cameras. But the camera was low to make the Dalek, like you said to me when I took a picture of a Dalek, that they always look great yeah. when you shoot them from below because yes. they, they kind of loom brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, they look, they look great. One of the best um, bits of Dalek direction is actually in Daleks in Manhattan, in the sewers, where they've got low angle shots of the Daleks oh, and they're following them through wow. the sewers yeah, and the yeah, camera yeah. rattles along following the Dalek and that looks great. Wow, best thing about I, I never thought I'd hear anyone say anything positive about Daleks in Manhattan. Thank you, Stephen. I, I can say a lot of positive things. It's still, still bit of shitty story though oh, yeah it is but there's a lot of nice touches there's a lot do you remember the bit where they're in the in the sewer and they're gossiping and one of them looks around to see if anyone's listening oh, I love oh yeah scene. yeah well that's that's it that's 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 like this story where they've got character again where they've got yeah. uh you know they've got they're not all they're all the same but they're not all quite the same they're not all um identical but they are similar uh, watch the acting in these sequences now where they're really sick. I think this yeah. is terrific acting in a minute. All four of them are playing it for real. No, but like skip forward to the 70s, like the late 70s, the Williams era. Like they've got radiation poisoning in Destiny of the Daleks and they're walking around, you know, saying puns all the time. Yes, I can't imagine uh, Tom Baker playing a slow decline due to radiation sickness except that you kind of get it in the leisure hive yeah. and simon hart will tell you about that so uh, <laughs> do listen to do listen to that edition of the podcast it's great but I, uh, I do like it i do like the fact that in series one they're always playing it for real there's no yeah. like you skip forward to series two and the chase and there's a lot of like winking at the camera and a lot of <laughs> you know this is a bit of a sitcom now and we're all taking the piss yeah. out of the daleks yeah, well, I think uh, I think um, Ian was uh, sorry. William Russell and uh, Jacqueline Wright were probably a little bit demob happy at that point. Yeah. I think we've got another three or four weeks to go. Hey, <laughs> we're out of here, ourselves. so we're just gonna have a party. <laughs> uh, no, and in later seasons, of course, they'd have all uh, been pretending not to be ill, 
Um, I, I, I yearn for a, an early story where all four of them are pretending not to be ill rather than just Barbara as normal. Yeah. And uh, trying to cover it up. Well, you've got you've got Susan in the French Revolution, like it's falling apart in in the sill. You've got Barbara in Planet of Giants, haven't you? Who's touched the yeah. the poison? Um, going back to the Daleks again quickly. Yeah. Um, Richard Martin said in so I think Christopher Barry directs like four episodes of this, and Richard Martin does three. I think Barry yeah. does the first couple. Well, you've got the book there; you could tell me. Um, <laughs> But Richard Martin said that they really went for the idea that these creatures are like trapped inside these metal shells and claustrophobic yep. and like yep. hysterical. And that's really scary, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a scary idea to be a Dalek. Um, although that's also an appeal as well, isn't it? Because, I mean, they sold so many Dalek um, suits and uh, dressing up kits and things and uh oh ah question for you have you ever been inside a dalek that's a very personal question Stephen. honestly um uh, <laughs> actually inside a dalek like a life-size dalek yeah no and it's my no. ambition in life for someone to buy me one of these freaking daleks and no one ever uh, has uh it's, it, it would be enough just to have a go the closest i've come was at the museum of the moving image Ah, okay. uh, where they had a little setup where they had uh, a half a Dalek in front of the mirror, and you go inside the Dalek and you can activate, you can, you know, you can do the eye stalk and you can move the gun stick and the sucker stick, and it had the um, ring modulator on it as well, so you could say silly things in Dalek voices. So uh, I don't know great. if I would be able to handle it because um, I am extremely claustrophobic. So I think if I was put inside, that would be like my definition of hell. What Jenna Coleman goes through in Asylum of the Daleks would be my idea of hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Damn claustrophobic in those things. Um, oh, now look, Susan has been given something useful to do. <laughs> she needs to go back and get the drugs. Come on, Susan. Conquer all your fears of walking through an empty jungle and go and get some drugs. That line there that Barbara has, where she says, like, plead with them, anything. It's, it's being played as drama, isn't it? Like, this could be ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, and it, I, 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 as with all sort of um, dramatic acting, you're a hair's breadth away from getting it wrong, aren't you? Always. Yeah. And uh, this is... Ian's, you know, he's angry, he's frustrated, he's, he's cross with himself because of his legs, his legs, he can't move his legs. Do you remember the bit where um, he's like smacking them? Like he's so frustrated, he's hitting his own legs. Yeah. yeah, that's when he's worried about Susan. Yeah, we get, I think we get that in just a second and the Daleks, Daleks are taking her away. What? Okay, so in, in the handbook in front of you, the how, now look, I've spent a lot of time criticising these house stammers. And, in fact, me and Cy criticized it a lot in invasion of the dinosaurs one yeah. um however they are useful reference guides um what was the ratings for episode two ah so episode two which was broadcast on 28 to 12 1963 so you've had your christmas you know it's the day after was well, it it's two days after boxing day uh like broadcast at 17 16 precisely and lasting 24 minutes and 27 seconds 6.4 million viewers so that's down from 6.9 last week Oh. His chart position is declining from 67 to 78. 
in the holiday season too. I wonder when it went out then. Okay, um, keep me in suspense. Maybe that'll be episode three. Well, the Daleks were revealed in this one, so I think this is the one where people went to the playground and were like, oh my God, did you watch Doctor Who last night? Oh yeah, yeah. I um, should have checked, but I'm not sure if there was much pre-publicity for the Daleks. I mean, there probably wasn't because it's like it's the middle of a second episode of serial, so you're not going to get too much. You know, I mean, had there been any photographs of the Daleks released before this? Had they put Dalek Sec on the cover of the Radio Times? Um, well, I was going to say that not. nowadays they spoil everything, don't they? Because yeah, they want you to yeah. watch, and because the Daleks are well known. But kind oh, of yeah. back then. Probably not. Oh, I, I love the Dalek designs in Rev. Uh, oh, what the hell was it called? Revolution of the Daleks. Oh, the, the, the new ones, one. the drones. Yeah, yeah, the drones. Great. Yeah, they're very good. Very good. Indeed. I mean, okay. Oh my god, I'm going to say something quite controversial now. There's nothing to do with the Daleks at all. I, I think mm -hmm. Chibnall's Dalek episodes are way better than Moffat's. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, yes, correct. Uh, I agree. Here we have, uh, so, okay, they do this wonderful thing in a minute where Carol Ann Ford essentially runs on the spot whilst they whip her with, like, trees and ferns and things. Yeah, no, and they only did that two weeks ago in An Earthly Child as well. <laughs> so, or is that actually from An Earthly Child and you're remembering it wrong? But the idea here is that, you know, this, this poor little girl, uh, our audience identification figure, is forced to go through this awful stormy... You know, where she was touched before as well, wasn't she? So, like, it's yeah. scary. Yeah, so she's she's facing her nightmare. And there, look, there's her nightmare. What the hell's that? Uh, Given the Daleks, I expect it's going to be absolutely hideous. <laughs> yes, yes. What must they look like? Um, yeah, no, okay, yeah, this is it. Susan's just uh, doing her running on the spot acting. But in, uh, very um, good. in Doctor Who and the Daleks, this is an enormous set like an enormous movie set that oh, yeah. Roberta Toby, I mean, let's, can I just say Roberta Toby as well in the movies, she is the superior Susan in my eyes. Yes, she's uh, a lot more grown, well, she's more grown up, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and she is a bit more mysterious as well, I think, in some ways. Um, Stephen, I think, yeah, we're gonna lose the, I think we're going to lose the Doctor in the second story. I know, I know. And it's just going to become Ian and Barbara. The show it should have always been. I'm there for that. I am there for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get that in one episode. That's two episodes of The Keys of Marinus where Doctor Who's not in it at all. And they, they can carry it without him. There's I'm, no problem there. I'm not so sure what Mary Whitehouse would have thought of this, you know. Because by the time the cliffhanger hits, yeah, they obviously haven't had the drugs yet. So Doctor Who and his friends are all dying of radiation poisoning. Yeah. And Susan is you know in a situation of extreme peril yeah uh, that's, that's good that's great terry nation uh writing oh, that is and uh, obviously we'll get this again and again and and again and, <laughs> and then again so uh you know enjoy it because uh, you, you seem to be unwittingly um uh saying that terry nation is a writer that self-plagiarizes <laughs> he was into recycling before anyone else that's all i would <laughs> say if the people of Earth recycled as much as Terry Nation did of his own material, then we wouldn't need episodes like Orphan 55. <laughs> yeah, but we really do, because we're shit at it. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Yeah. Uh, here's the Daleks having a casual chat. Which There's four props, you know. That, that's more props than they had in Day of the Daleks. <laughs> 
Yes. And most of the most of, there's bits. I'm sure there's bits of the original Daleks still lurking about in Day of the Daleks. They very rarely build. In fact, I think it's only Remembrance where they build as many props as this, and I'm probably completely wrong. I love what two things. I love the way the way they're lighting this. It's almost like the lights absorbed into the metal. They look fab, but they're they're yeah. still like twitching their arms about. So even though that was a static mm. scene, you can kind of tell which one's talking. Yes, I. I I like the idea that the Dalek operator can only do two at a time. So he can only either he can do the arm the arm the gun stalk or the eye stalk or flash the lights. Yeah. But there's only two he can do. So he's got to choose which ones he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna do for this particular scene. Dalek choose oh. two. Choose what you're gonna twitch. Ah, <laughs> oh, Susan's found drugs. Did you see that you could see the forest set outside the TARDIS then? See, yeah. now they, they stopped doing that after series one as well. And I think that's really nice. In a minute, though, right, something very strange happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors open and the lightning strikes, yeah, and all the mm. roundels in the TARDIS light up. <laughs> and now, surely the, the inner dimensions of the TARDIS should not be affected by the outside weather. But it's so atmospheric. Who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's obviously the uh, the White Guardian. Uh, oh. No, isn't what the fuck am I talking that's, about? No, that's his Here first appearance in Doctor Who. Watch this. Watch it, look. It's incredible. Yeah. Next episode, The Escape. Another generic title of Doctor Who that no one can remember which episode it relates to. Oh, yeah, but come the chase, he's doing things like the death of time and things like that. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you, Stephen, but I don't think that time died in that episode. Yeah, but I'm always up for a bit of hyperbole. Tell me your episodes about the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> Love it. Now, look, what you just said then about the Black Guardian, right? Okay, that may have been a joke, but in the Reboss operation, when the TARDIS over, it's very like that, you know? It's very oh, yes. similar. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> and, it all, and it's all lit up very dramatically. And given the importance of the Daleks to the universe in general, who knows who's got their designs on what's going on here? Right, well, if you um, if you read the Virgin novels of the 90s, then it's all tied back together right back into the 1960s. Yes. Well, I'll tell you my other fan theories about this story later. Okay. <laughs> 